0: So we start off Media Insultant today with a little nostalgia about what we thought were the good old days in radio and TV, and maybe they weren't so good. They were old, but they weren't so good. Help wanted? Yeah, we're going to plug for a couple of people that are looking for some help. And uh, the Radio Hall of Fame has expanded with some really good inductees, some of them that uh, we've had some good interaction with over the years. Good morning. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions and comments in Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. And in Southern California, it's Mr. Keith Samuel. Good morning, Keith. We welcome you to this Wednesday. Good morning, Jackson. February <laughs> A little late, but there you got it. <laughs> Wednesday, February 21st, episode of Media Insultant. Everybody's got a favorite holiday of the year, and Keith, uh, frankly, I didn't know that this was a holiday, but you have one of the best I've heard of in some time. Tell us about your favorite holiday of the year.
1: Well, last week we talked about how much fun Valentine's Day is for us, so, and every day is Valentine's Day at the Weaver <laughs> household. But for me, one of the great holidays of the, of, the, of the year is February 24th, which is Open That Bottle Night. Okay, Open that bottle night, and it was started by the wine writers for the uh, Wall Street Journal column tastings. They started the column. They did it for like 12, 13 years. They no longer write for the for the journal. But it's uh, Dorothy Gator and John Bretcher came up with an idea that you should drink that bottle of great wine you've been saving in your closet, in your uh, cupboard, or in your wine collection that you just haven't been able to bring yourself to Open and enjoy. So Open That Bottle Night is Saturday, February 24th. And what you do is that you, there's a website for it and they share things on social media. But the idea is that you open that bottle and then share the story of how it tasted and who you had it with and who enjoyed it and where it was from and who made it and all that kind of good stuff. So I'll be opening up a bottle of of of, of uh, Zinfandel that's from Paso Robles. It's by the winery Dialecta. And uh, Dilecta Wines is owned by a neighbor of mine, Paloma is her name, and she owns the winery. And uh, I got this at the winery last year, and it's an extraordinary, uh, I've had some of her wines, I've had tastings at her house. So we're opening up a bottle of Dilecta Zinfandel on Saturday for Open That Bottle Night. And I hope all of you will open up a great bottle of wine and enjoy it. And savor it, and not have to worry about the fact that you know what are we when are we ever yep. going to drink that one? You know when are we ever yeah gonna...
0: we save it for a special occasion that never comes along. Yeah, you got to be intentional about it. All right, well we're looking forward to your Zinfandel review.
1: Okay, I'll give uh, that to you, you next time.
0: You know Keith, uh, when when you put together <laughs> any group of old radio or TV people, inevitably we get a little nostalgic about the good old days. You know, back before corporate radio, back when you picked your own music, back when you had three camera operators and a floor director. I mean, you know, and and I really have made an effort to get out of the habit of saying, well, back in my day. I mean, because truly, who wants to hear that crap? With the possible exception of another old radio or TV guy. And, you know, what I thought would be fun this morning is we'd reinforce that feeling and remind us that the good old days weren't always... The good old days as we remember them. We get very selective about our memory. So I came up with a list of some of the things that uh, we miss not about radio. And the very first thing that comes to okay. the top of the list is smoking in the studio. Remember, people used to smoke. Oh God, microphones that smelled like ashtrays. You'd walk in, you go in, for twenty minutes, and you'd smell like a cigarette for the rest of the day, and the equipment got covered with this smoky film that you had to take off with denatured alcohol. It was terrible. Okay, that's the first thing. Now the second thing I re- don't miss is records with Q burn. You know, thank goodness we're into digital audio because records with Q burn were just a major pain in the butt uh third is uh what i'd call out of phase carts you know just just a, a real pain in the neck for a while and one of my big pet peeves that i never ever could get anybody to listen to is when the on-air light is on you don't barge into the studio people would just barge in oh you know it's like hello <laughs> so uh and it was typically a sales guy. It wasn't exactly. It, <laughs> it was, was like, some sales idiot or the traffic manager. Well, so what? I thought that on-air light was for somebody else. And, you know, uh, 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 one of the things that, that was really actually one of the fun things uh, was um, there, there was a station I worked for that will remain nameless at this point where if you got a ticket, a speeding or a parking ticket, if it, as long as it was relatively minor like that, you just take the ticket in and you drop it in the inbox of the news director. <laughs> and she took care of it. Now, I have no idea what she did to take care of it. But whatever she did, the parking tickets and the speeding tickets, all just magically vanished. I can't do that anymore. So any uh, anything that pops to your mind that uh, you were thinking about in terms of what you don't miss about
1: the old days in radio well now that you bring it up uh i don't miss traffic managers (laughs) for those of you that haven't worked at a station traffic managers are not the people who do the traffic reporting like on the freeway and the congestions and the accidents and all that stuff no no internally they 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 traffic The commercials. They schedule the commercials and make sure that they run where they're supposed to run and uh, and in the right order and all that kind of stuff. But they're they're a different breed. And you know what? Every traffic manager has the same basic traits, which is basically that it's up to them to protect the integrity and sanctity of the radio station. And anything you do to upset that. They will torment you to the end of your days. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I had I had wonderful traffic managers throughout my career, but they had they all had that one little trait, and boy, it was I don't miss that. The other thing I don't miss, and this was uh, the, the radio station I worked at in Tucson, Kim FM, Kim and K Cub, country stations in Tucson. They're still in the same building, a beautiful mud adobe brick single story building, tile roof, gorgeous facility, one story. You know, um, you know t- right out in the middle of the desert, but it was on certain days, it was downwind from the rendering plant about a half mile away. Now, what rendering plants do is that they take dead animals and they boil them down into tallow. Okay, and that's what, you know, you make candles out of, there's industrial use, grease and all that kind of stuff for it. But boy, when you drive back from a day of calls out on the street and it's 105 degrees and you get out of your car <laughs> and you dash across the hot parking lot to get into the building and you take one whiff of that rendering plant and oh my gosh, you just think you're going it's, to, it's the worst so I don't miss yeah, that Yeah, it's
0: either. funny. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think in our careers, we've, we've worked in some really nice buildings, and we've also worked in some unbelievable dumps. I mean, uh, one of the stations I worked for when I first got to Salt Lake City was in a, a car dealership right next to, to a Chrysler car dealership, Zion Motors, and uh, it was fine, except that the sales guys were always coming in to put the hustle on our traffic manager, so... <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think about some of the other places. You mentioned uh, Tucson. One of the most spectacular places I've ever seen were the Simmons Studios at Trolley Corners in Salt Lake. I mean, they had a cluster of, I think, six stations. And they had it set out so that each studio reflected their format. Like, there was a soft AC station, KSFI, that was done in pale blue wallpaper with wainscoting coating and high-backed uh, chairs, you know, done in leather. I mean, it was very, very soft AC, very Mormon soft AC. And they had a rock station, too, that was done all in hard surfaces, reds and blacks, and, you know, big speaker monitors hanging from the wall. So, you know, they're, and, and they even capped that off with a rotating studio in the front lobby that featured a different air talent each shift from various stations so you'd walk in and there was a big glassed-off studio it was amazing just amazing and you worked at columbia
1: square didn't you in hollywood what was that like oh yes 6121 sunset boulevard in hollywood uh it was amazing Uh, my first radio job and uh, i died and gone to heaven um it housed Uh, not only KNX FM, which is what I worked at, we were on the third floor. KNX News Radio was on the first and second floors. And Columbia Records was on the fourth floor. So you talk about some eclectic and different personalities. You had the all, very straight, very, you know, buttoned-down news guys. And then you had this, this eclectic group of FM DJs that, you know, were doing soft rock. And then you had... Columbia Records. So you had, you know, all sorts of talent coming through and going up and down the elevator and you know and and I think there were there were drugs involved in some cases in any case. But then it also housed Channel 2, which is now called KCBS Television. It was then called right. KNX TV, right. KNXT. So at the end of the day, I I'd, I'd leave, you know, like at 5, like like at 5:30 quarter 6, I'd go downstairs and I I was able to walk into the back of the newsroom. At channel 2 and watch the 6 o'clock news and let the traffic die down before I got in the car and drove home and and during the heyday of my time during the late 70s the two 6 o'clock anchors for Channel 2 KNXT in, in Los Angeles were Brent Musburger wow. and Connie wow. Chung so so they had been put together and, and so I'd, I'd stand in the back and I I knew Connie because she, her parking place was like three or four cars up from mine. So I had a I had an MGB GT and she had a Jensen Healy. So we shared English <laughs> car stories, walking, you know. And she'd come to work at one in the afternoon when I was getting back from lunch. So we 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 chuckle our way into the into the uh, into the uh, security guard and and go to work. But we we chatted that up. So I'd I'd walk into the back of the newsroom, and and she'd look behind the camera and go hi Keith. <laughs> You know, she'd wave at me while she was off camera or was a break going on. And I'd wave back, hi, Connie. You know, Brent's going, what's going on? But, uh, uh, you know, there was also a theater there where they used to do the old radio shows. The old Jack Benny radio shows were there. It was a great facility. Uh, and fortunately, it has been uh, right. repurposed and now is part part of a condominium development, an apartment complex. But they've kept that original building because it's an historical landmark, and and um, and so you can you still can to this day, and I do you know once in a while drive by and go, oh, I need to turn right on Yucca and go into the parking garage, you know, parking lots. So.
0: Well, you know, uh, you're right. We it's fun we, stuff. we both have had the opportunity to be in some nice buildings and some dives. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who will remain nameless also he worked at a radio station early in his career in a small market and the station studios were um were in a hotel up on a second or third floor uh, and the management didn't want these scruffy radio people in the lobby so they wouldn't let him use the bathroom <laughs> they literally wouldn't let him use the bathroom i don't know the deal there but my buddy said, he says, where is this, this is true? He said, uh, when he had to pee, he'd just go open a window and pee out the back door or back window into the alley. <laughs> so, and there is, I guarantee you, there are people who are listening and or watching this will go, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I've been in, I've worked for places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I already did that. Yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really interesting. If there's a, if you ever hear the song by Marty Robbins on your local country station, El Paso. It's the longest country song I think ever recorded. And every jock that had to go to the bathroom knew that if they played Marty Robbins El Paso that they could run out of the studio, go down the hall, use the restroom, come back and be safely on time before they had to queue up the next record because, you know, it's Yeah, that was for for us
0: <laughs> on the rock side it was in de Devita. So <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or a Light My yeah, exactly. Fire, you know, yeah. You know, a couple other things that that <laughs> You and I both had to deal with is um, a bad Arbitron book, and we'd have to live with it for at least six months. And on the other side, when we got an up book, a good book, what did the buyers want to do? They all wanted to wait and see how subsequent books looked. So, you know, if you got a down book, you got killed. If you got an up book, everybody waited. It was, it just was a.
1: Breeze. I got a book story for you. Okay. Uh, the, um, I got a call one afternoon from uh, the, the production offices for WKRP in Cincinnati, the television show. And our program director at KNXFM had left and gone over and joined the writing staff for WKRP in Cincinnati. He ended up being one of the producers, Steve Marshall. And so it was Steve, and he said, you know, listen, we're, we're going to do a, a show about the book, the ratings book, the Arbitron book coming out for WKRP. Can, we bo- can I borrow your book? And I said, "Well, yeah, but I got to have it back." You know, they they keep track of these things at CBS. He goes, "No, I'll bring it. We'll bring it back. Don't worry." So, um, if you watch that episode of WKRP, and it's where the big guy brings the book in, and there's Andy and all the DJs, you know, Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap, and everybody's standing around in the in the uh, in the in the programming area, and they won't. The book is on the table, and they won't open it. They're afraid to open it. And I just want everybody to know that was my book. They used my book. Okay, I didn't get a credit, but they used. Did my you get book. your book back? I did. I did. And then the buyers told me, "You know what? We're using a four <laughs> book average." So yeah, that 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 good book you had. Yeah, it's four book average. What? Oh, oh, oh.
0: It was some some of the things we've had to live with over the years. It's it's really interesting. I, th- I do say, however that uh, I'm, I'm glad we don't do printed Arbitron books anymore. Hey, and, I, you know, before we get on to another topic.
1: Okay, Boomer. <laughs> before we get
0: on to, yeah, exactly. Halt, or did we also remember Pulse and Hooper. Hooper rated number one, 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 one. Hey, I'm sure our audience has their additions to the list. We'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a note, Jackson, at intownmedia.com, and, you know, we will protect the uh, guilty with uh, anonymity. Love to hear your stories about how the good old days really were maybe not quite so good. All right, Keith, uh, we've got some help wanted. I'm just going to throw this in. I've got a couple of clients that are looking for uh, – one is, you mentioned, a traffic director, looking for a traffic director for several markets It can be remote. I'm also looking for a buyer for a couple of uh, West Coast stations. One's got cash flow. The others uh a turnaround, but already turning around pretty nicely. And got a media market GM, that uh, a market that is looking for a GM. It's a good organization, wonderful outdoor life opportunities, if that's your thing. And so if you have any interest in any of these, just let us know, Jackson at InTownMedia.com, and I'll put you in touch with the appropriate people. And you tell me that Town Square Media used to have seven market president jobs available. They're now down to four. What's the deal? What's going on with Town Square?
1: Well, they're, they're, they're turning over a lot of managers, as it turns out. And, um, you know, it's kind of surprising, but, it, you know, but not really. You know, it's a well-run company. Eric Hellum knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a good guy, solid manager, obviously from their performance. But, you know, how, how do you keep managers in, you know, Texarkana? How do you keep managers in upstate Minnesota or the, you know, upper peninsula of Michigan or something? I mean, it's, and it's kind of a, a symptomatic, I think, of radio in that it's hard to recruit and hard to keep people. And so, um, you know, they've, they've had their challenges. So uh, I think it was a couple of months ago and I was notifying you. I, I sent you a note saying, my God, there's seven market president jobs open at Down Square. And that's now down to four. Maybe it's three by now. But, but still, it's just a, a, you know, that's a good company to work for. The trouble is, you know, you're, it's kind of like uh, you're you're one man band in a yeah. Lot you're of not these only markets. the GM, you're the general so, sales
0: manager, you're the NSM, you're the LSM.
1: Yeah, and you yeah. probably
0: pull an airship. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of work and probably not no. a ton of dough. You know, so they they combine. They're like they're a little bit like Cumulus. They combine markets that are proximity to each other and have one market president over two of those markets, and that makes sense. But uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of scruffy markets and a lot of jobs to keep filled, and um, and, and you know you got to keep that talent bank stocked because the people are po- it's like whack a mole; people are popping. Well, out I all think over it's
0: it's hard for a lot of managers these days, particularly going into twenty twenty four, to actually hit their goals. I saw something the other day where Matt Sunshine had a survey that seventy percent. Matt Sunshine is with uh, CSS, your alma mater. Uh, 70% of the managers are concerned about making goal, but fewer, apparently, are concerned about recruitment than they were last year. I think they either, they either gave up, <laughs> they, or you, maybe they're using AI. I don't know. <laughs> they,
1: they eliminated the jobs, but I think it was 80% of the managers in the CSS sur- sales survey that said that it was, it, was, it was very difficult, if not impossible, to reach their, their, right. their corporate right. goals. So you, I read that and go, yeah, it's hard, of course. But I also thought, well, who's setting the goals? What's, I mean, who, what planet are, is senior management on that you set goals that 80% of your people know they're not going to hit? You know, so it's like, uh, no, it's, so it's, nope. yeah, it was, uh, there's a lot of ways to read that. Yeah, you know, I think nobody conclusion.
0: wants to deal with the reality that it's, you know, that it's tough, that a good year is a flat year, and you're still doing okay if you're only down two or three points. So it's it's just tough. Yeah. And speaking of CSS, I uh, understand Bob Rivers, longtime best friend of the late Steve Marks, who started CSS. Mm-hmm. Bob Rivers, uh, Seattle radio legend, has been inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, and he's got some pretty good company. Uh, Shadow Stevens is the voice guy, and you had some experience with Shadow Stevens. He he's, was inducted, too. He did air shifts, too, didn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he did.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was a yeah, big big jock at, uh, oh gosh, probably at KHJ, and then I think at yeah. Uh, KMET. Yeah, KRLA. You know, Shadow was a, uh, a legendary voice. Um, first of all, Bob Rivers, what a talent. I'm a huge mm. Twisted Tunes Amazing. fan. And if you haven't, if you've never, you know, Bob's got CD after CD, but his Twisted Christmas albums are absolutely the most spectacular comedy recordings since Stan Freeberg. I mean, they're just they're just great, you know. Osama got run over by a reindeer. I mean, there's some great classics that he did, uh, but uh, uh, but Shadow Stevens uh, got into the voiceover business. So I guess that's what you do when you age out of, of being a DJ. You do you do commercials, right? You voice commercials, and he was doing the commercials for a big stereo chain in Los Angeles in the late '70s called University Stereo. And I can still hear to this day Shadow Stevens saying, "University." Stereo, You know, I mean, it was just, you know, it was, oh my God. It was just that audio trademark that he had for university stereo. So I, I, this was back in the days where they couldn't send the commercials to you via computer. The you tape. had to go pick up the <laughs> tapes. Tape. will be ready at four. Right. And it had a tape. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like this, the, the real tape, not a cassette. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was like, to uh, what, what, what gauge? Yeah. yeah real to reel. real. So Get the call, Keith, the tapes are ready. Come on, pick it up. Okay, Shadow, I'll be right over. So I'd go over to his recording studio at the corner of Doheny and Sunset. And it's, you know, it's it's a mile and a half from my house now. So I go by it every time and I have this memory because I, I go into this kind of subterranean, half half basement, half on the street production studio, and I'd open up the door to the production studio to get the tape from Shadow, who's in there doing some recording. And the on-air sign was off, so I didn't break that rule. Okay, it was he wasn't required, but I opened the door, and you talk about being smoky and cigarette smoke in the, right. in, the in the control room. Out, out comes this massive cloud of <laughs> marijuana smoke. Okay, now I'm there. I'm there in my Brooks Brothers suit and tie, Mr. You Preppy know, from, from CBS. CBS. Here I come. I'm like. I'm, I'm junior preppy executive, you know, account executive, and I get this contact high, you know, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. You know, I get back to the station and people go, where were you? You know, what were you doing? You know, I get home that night. My wife's going, did you smoke pot at lunch? You know, it's like, no, no, I just I just went to see Shadow. You know, I've got the, t- the university stereo tape. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was, yeah, Shadow, Shadow, was, he's got one of the great voices of agreed, all time. Agreed. And uh, and one of the great and one of the great names of all time. I mean, Shadow Stevens. I mean, that's just you know amazing. So, love you, Shadow. Wherever you
0: are these days, congratulations. A couple of other people who were inducted: Keith, um, uh, my old friend Deborah Parente, who is the uh, president uh, CEO of uh, Streamline Communications. Streamline uh, publishes Radio Inc, RBR, TVBR, uh, and a v- batch of whole batch of art magazines. Deborah is a great smoother, She knows everybody in the business. She's been doing this for, oh, man, at least 30, 40 years now. She uh, started her radio career in Dayton, Ohio. And she's really done well, and, you know, I really want to tip my hat to Deborah. She's a hard worker, and, uh, you know, they... They do a great forecast conference every year. And I think they've got one coming up, a salesman down in Miami with Matt Sunshine. That's also quite good. So anyway, also a couple of other people who were inducted. Remember Ed Christian from Saga? He was inducted. Uh, And Nina Totenberg, who's the NPR reporter. Now, sadly, both of them have uh, passed on to the radio studio in the sky, but at least they finally made it in. And Tom Rounds, I don't know if you remember Tom Rounds, but he... Did a lot of uh, syndication back in the 70s with a company called Radio Express. And he was involved with AT40 for a long time, too. So, anyway, we our congratulations to everybody who made it into the Radio Hall of Fame. And, Keith, we are out of time, but I do want to say... That one of the major character or one of the major categories for radio and TV is the automotive category. So again, we've asked Ed Steenman, who has a Steenman and Associates ad agency where he primarily deals with automobile dealerships, asked him to bring us up to speed on the advertising outlook for car dealerships. You know, the gyrations of the past few years, it's been Back and forth and back, no cars, no used cars, too many cars, too many EVs, not enough cars, back and forth. So we wanted to get his input on how to best approach and work with dealerships today. We hope to have him on the air next Wednesday, the 28th of February. So that's
1: it, Keith. That's our wrap. That's a whole lot lot of entertainment to pack into one show, Jackson. (laughs) Well done. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, Keith.
0: Media Insultant is a production of In Town Media. We do interim contract management for radio stations you can find the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms and the videos should you want to watch our lovely faces not sure why you would but the videos are on vimeo in the media insultant showcase we drop a new show each wednesday be sure to join us each wednesday for a new show new media insultant keith till we do this again have a good week thank you jackson talk to you soon buddy